Divorce Dr. Tim Jordan back here with a new episode of Raising Daughters. And by the way, this would be a good time to grab your daughter and listen to this podcast with her. Because today I'm going to do my follow-up from last week's podcast, which was about ways that girls give their power away. And by the way, that would also be a good one to listen to with your daughters. Today I'm going to talk about ways girls can keep their power. Very important topic. I work with girls all the time in my counseling practice, my weekend retreats, my summer camps, school programs, and girls spend a lot of time giving their power away. I told you all the different ways, or many of the different ways, last um, podcast about how they do that. But today, I'm going to focus on what can you do to help your daughters keep their power. One of the most common ways I see girls give their power away is when they have an automatic response to people who ask them what they want. The automatic response tends to be, I don't know, I don't care, whatever you want. So one important way they can learn to keep their power is by taking some time to figure out what do I want. So if someone says, where do you want to go to eat this uh, tonight on a Friday night? If their first automatic response is, I don't care, I don't know, to catch themselves and say, you know what, just a second, can I get back with you in just a moment? And then take a quick break, if you will, and check in and say, what do I want? Where do I want to go eat tonight? I saw a girl a bunch of years ago, and I saw her. She was about a senior in high school, and she was having a hard time making decisions. And she had lost touch with herself, lost touch with her desires, her needs, her wants, because she had been a pleaser for so long. She told me that when she was back in, in grade school, about third or fourth grade, she used to be one of those kids who didn't care what people thought. She wore these purple high-top tennis shoes to school every day, and, and she just loved dressing up. She was a fashionista, if you will, until one day in third or fourth grade, some girls started teasing her about her shoes, and she was devastated. They told her they were ugly, and she didn't know how to dress, and she took it to heart. And so she stopped being herself. She stopped wearing her purple tennis shoes. She stopped advocating for herself and she started looking around to say, how can I please other people? I do not want to lose my friends. I don't want to be teased. So she did everything she could to fit in and blend in. That meant making decisions to not uh, make people angry, to not disappoint people and to please people. I helped her become aware of that. And I had her start doing some experiments. I said, at places where it doesn't matter as much, like for instance, I said, if you go to a restaurant, and the waiter says, you know, what do you want to order here at this Italian restaurant? Instead of saying, oh, I guess I'll just have the spaghetti, even though that's not what you want. I, I always tell girls to do some experiments where you say, let me, let me look at this menu for a moment. And then to take the risk to say, I'd rather have angel hair pasta, not the big fat pasta. And I love black olives, so could you add some black olives? I also love sun-dried tomatoes. Can you add some extra sun-dried tomatoes? And to ask for exactly what you want. Her fear is that the waiter will be mad at her and he'll probably, he's probably back in the back spitting on her food. But the truth is, when the waiter comes back with her plate of angel hair pasta with extra olives and extra sun-dried tomatoes, she loves it. She enjoys it. Great meal. She's so happy. She'll be much more likely to give the guy or the woman a big tip. Everybody's happy. So the experiments are about, if you state your opinion, check out what happens. And the truth is that most of the time, almost all the time, nothing bad happens. 
If you tell your friends you want to go to a certain movie, they usually don't explode and, and tell you you're no longer their friend. They say, great, most of the time. So learning to take a break and check in with themselves and ask themselves questions like, what do I want? I tell them, you've got to learn to care. You're teaching people how to treat you. And that your thoughts and your needs are also important. Because if you don't put those out there, then people are just going to decide that you're not important and they'll stop asking you. Know what you want and ask for it. That's one way to keep your power. Another way is to not care what other people think or let their judgments affect you. I saw a girl uh, when she was 16 years old. I'll call her Jane. And she was teased in fifth grade because she was the first girl to go through puberty. And so she was really tall, taller than every all the girls in her class and taller than all the boys in the class. And she started getting breast buds and she started getting a little curvy. And so she was being teased by kids for being fat. And they were, they were calling her giraffe and all kinds of names like that. And it hurt her feelings really badly. She became very self-conscious. And she had a hard time accepting herself for who she was. And so because of that, she kind of shut down. She cared way too much about what other people thought. She was so afraid of being judged that she did whatever she could to fit in. So I helped her learn to accept herself for who she was. She had to embrace the fact that she was the first one who had gone through puberty, and what they were saying was, was just garbage. She learned to embrace her height, her curves. I remember she came to one of our camps one summer. We were talking about this issue, about learning how to accept yourself. And so we were creating mantras for each person. And the mantra she created for herself was, instead of saying, I'm so fat or I'm bigger than other people, she decided to say to herself, I have the body of a woman. I.e., I have curves. And that made a huge difference for how she thought about herself. Another way to keep your power is for girls to become aware of any negative beliefs that they've accumulated about themselves based on past experiences. I saw a girl who I'll call Lucy, who had lost her friends, her big friend group, when she was in fifth grade. And so when she started sixth grade, she was worried about not fitting in, not having friends. So she decided that maybe if she lost some weight and she was thinner, she'd be prettier. And if she was prettier, she would have more friends. And so she started having lots of issues with her body, lots of issues with eating, body dysmorphism. She had a lot of beliefs about not being worthy, not being very important. She thought she was weird. She thought she was too quiet. She was so afraid of showing her true self because she was afraid if I do, I'll lose my friends again. And that's how she started sixth grade. And so she had a rotten time in sixth grade because, and seventh grade and eighth grade because she couldn't find good friends because she wasn't being herself. She decided, after I saw her in my office, to re-decide those negative beliefs. And she decided when she entered high school that she was going to reinvent herself, not care about what other people thought so much. Because she believed, and I think it's true, that if if you walk into high school or a new situation as your true, authentic self, and you attract friends, they're going to be great friends because they're attracted to you, not some facade of you, not some fake you, not some... Photoshop version of you. It's hard to have really good, true friends unless you're being true to yourself and, and you're really being authentic. I saw another girl one time when she was 17. I saw her because she was 
having some bad experiences with guys, not setting boundaries, and went back in her history. And, I, and she told me that it, she had started losing her confidence in seventh grade because her best friends ditched her. Her beliefs became that she was weird and not good enough, that she didn't fit in. And because she felt unworthy and not important, she didn't feel like she deserved to set boundaries and take care of herself. That's a very common story among girls. And the, one of the reasons why they, they have a hard time setting good boundaries. And if you don't set good boundaries, you are giving your power away. So I tell girls to take some time, all girls, and reassess what have I learned to believe about myself. Some of the things I believe about myself based upon experiences is positive and good and empowering. Some of the things are not. They're negative beliefs. And so I tell them, you weren't in charge of some of the things that happened to you, but you are always in charge of what you make of it. You are always in charge of your story. And that's an important distinction to make for girls. I also want girls to keep their power by taking full responsibility for their feelings, their reactions, and their actions. If I ever hear girls using statements like, she made me feel, I always go, oh, time out. Time out. Who's in charge of your feelings? Um, I am. So they always say it with a question mark. And I'll say, okay. I said, what if someone calls you a really rotten name? Then who's in charge of your feelings? And then they go, I am, or they are, or they're not. They get confused. And I want them to know that they are always, always, always responsible for their feelings and their reactions to people. They're not in charge of what comes at them oftentimes, but they are in charge of what they do with it. So I never want them to have statements like, she made me feel. It's more like, I chose to feel. That person did something, and I chose to feel hurt, unhappy, angry, or whatever. And if they can really buy into that concept of keeping their power, they will end up experiencing a freedom that is really awesome because no one has the power to make them feel anything because they're in charge of themselves. I explained in the podcast last week that one way girls give their power away is by not handling their conflicts directly and effectively. And so one of the ways they can keep their power is to do that, to handle their conflicts, to let go of that fear of, oh my gosh, if I take care of myself, people are going to hate me, they're going to be mad at me, I'm going to lose a friend, I'm going to lose a whole friend group. That could happen if they they handle if they try and handle a conflict, but if they're trying to be honest with a with a friend and their friend blows up and stomps off and says, You're not my friend anymore, they've told you something about them as a friend. If that's they say more about them than you. I was working with a sixth grade class this year, and we were uh, giving the girls some ideas about how to solve conflicts peacefully. We gave them like a like a um, set of guidelines, if you will. And so we asked if anybody wanted to handle a conflict. These are girls who are in uh, seventh grade. And so one of the girls raised her hand. She said, I'd like to handle something. So she asked permission. She asked the other girl, if she, would she mind coming into the middle of the circle and handling it? The other girl was like, okay. We said, you don't have to. She said, okay, I'll do it. They sat in, in, the, in the middle of the circle. And then the one girl said to her friend, well, first of all, she said, thank you for doing this. The reason I'm asking you to do this is because for the last six months, I feel like I've been avoiding you. We used to be really good friends. It's, it just feels different lately, and I want us to get back on track. And then she said, you said something to me about six months ago that really hurt my feelings. Uh, the girl who was sharing all this had had a hard time making friends earlier in uh, middle school. 
and she had finally found a couple people. She had a little group. And so one day she decided to, to dredge up the courage to be a little bit more honest with her friend. And she told her that during the wintertime, sometimes she gets like seasonal affective disorder. She gets a little depressed when there's not much sunshine and when it's cold out. And so, so sometimes when she comes to school and she's a little bit crabby or she's kind of shut down, it's not because she's mad at people, which is what some of the girls thought. It's because I just don't feel good. I just have that kind of seasonal depression kind of thing. And the other girl who she was telling this to kind of laughed and said, well, I, I have that too, but I think yours is a lot worse than mine. And then she walked away. And this really hurt her feelings because she was like, gosh, I, I opened up, I got vulnerable, hoping that that would strengthen our friendship. Instead, you kind of blew it off. You kind of dismissed me. So the other girl was mirroring her and doing a really good job. And when the girl talked about how she felt minimized, this girl started to get teary-eyed and some tears started coming down her cheeks. She realized the effect of her words on her friend. And so when the girl was finished sharing, she felt like she had been heard. The other girl had a chance then to share how she felt. And she was crying. She said, I'm so sorry. She said, it was not my intention to make you feel hurt. I just, I don't know why I said that. I guess I was, I was uncomfortable with the feelings and part of it all, but I really appreciated you telling me. And I, I just feel so bad. And she's crying and, and the girls hugged and they made some commitments about being more honest with each other. And, the, and one girl said, I will, I will not wait six months next time if you do something that bothers me. They hugged and they went back in the circle. That's so valuable for girls to have that skill and for them to handle stuff because what happens in schools over and over is what happened six months ago. The girl doesn't handle it. There's feelings inside about being hurt, upset, angry, and those feelings stay there and they fester and it causes drama. It causes all kinds of friendship issues that don't need to be there if they would just handle things, shake, hug, and move on. Another good, healthy way to, to keep your power is to set clear boundaries, to take care of yourself. I tell girls oftentimes when, when anger arises within them, that that's a sign that their boundaries are being crossed. It's probably a sign that they've been wronged, that there, there's some kind of injustice going on. I often encourage them to use that feeling to inspire some action. Not to scream at people or to you know, yell at people, but to inspire some action to set a boundary. And if they set a boundary to take care of themselves, I tell them that some people will be like, I'm so glad you told me. Other people will be upset. Other people will react in some other way. But it doesn't matter. That is not their responsibility. Remember a minute ago I said that they're always responsible for their feelings and reactions. And by the way, so is everybody else. But if, they, if there's some anger, if they realize I need to take care of myself and they do that in a kind but firm way, they will feel very empowered. And if they have a good friend who's mature, then the other friend should be able to say, I'm glad you told me. I didn't realize that hurt your feelings. I didn't realize you didn't want that. And I want them to become aware of how good it feels when you do take care of yourself like that. Girls feel more confident. They feel more strong. And they feel more like they're in integrity with themselves. Another way to keep your power because girls do a lot of it comparing themselves to other people, especially their peers, and usually negatively. I tell them if they see a friend and they think, oh gosh, she looks so good today in that outfit, she really looks pretty, the tendency is to go inside their heads and say, gosh, I wish I was pretty like her, I'm, not, I'm so ugly, I don't look anything like her, and they make it about them. Instead of 
if they see something that they like in somebody else, to go to that person and acknowledge them for it. Go to that friend and say, oh, I really like the way you look in that outfit. And then stop. <laughs> Don't let it mean, and I, I'm so ugly. It's just acknowledge the other person because, number one, people like to be acknowledged and keep the energy out there instead of the arrow pointing in in a negative way. Don't let your don't let your acknowledgments of other people end up meaning something negative about you. Another great way to keep your power is to trust your gut, to trust your intuition, no matter what, and to act from that as opposed to what are other people doing or trying to please people or not making people upset with you, all those things. I encourage girls to learn to have quiet alone time to shut out all the external noise and to learn to go inward, learn how to become aware of their gut intuition, and then once they're aware of it, to trust it and to follow it. As opposed to being externally directed and worrying about everybody else as opposed to what's right for me. I also encourage girls to surround themselves with loving, supportive people who treat them like they deserve to be treated, who give energy equally as opposed to sucking energy, where they're reciprocal, that they they invite youth as much as you invite them, etc. That if you're one of those mature girls who are there for your friends, that you also have friends who are there for you. One of the ways to find those kind of people is to engage in your passions. Do things that you love to do. Do things that bring you joy and fulfillment. Because when you're doing those things, you're more of you. You're more confident. When you have choice about what you do, you tend to be more engaged in it. You tend to be more willing to persist through tough times. And you end up being better at it. That's how you become a master of your craft is when you engage in your passions and you keep at things. You don't care what other people think. You don't care if it's something that other people think is weird. You do it because you love to do it. And when you do that you will start attracting other people who also have that interest. That's a great way to find your tribe. I saw a girl in my counseling practice earlier this school year who had been labeled one of the weird kids. She had hair every month or two, which was a different color. She was one of those quote-unquote emo kind of kids. And she'd had a hard time making friends because she was different. She just was different. So she had been teased and harassed uh, ever since about fourth or fifth grade. And she had a hard time finding a group. So one of the things that she did that, that semester was she decided to, to try out theater. And she didn't like to act. She was too self-conscious. But she uh, joined the set team, you know, making the sets for the play. And she did the lighting kind of things as well. And she found a tribe. They accepted her for who she was. And so she became a quote-unquote theater kid, a theater geek, a theater kid. But she was happy as a clan because she was doing something that she liked to do. And she found some people who supported her. I read a book years ago called Smart Girls, Gifted Women. The book was okay, but one of the things I liked about it a lot was that part of the way through the book, the author um, biographied about 30 very eminent women. People like Eleanor Roosevelt and Maya Angelou and Beverly Sills, the opera singer, and George O'Keefe, the painter, and Madame Curie, the scientist, 
what she found was when those, when all those girls were young, they had a hard time socially kind of fitting the mold. So a lot of them didn't have great friends in middle school, high school, because they were just, they didn't fit the mold. People like Margaret Mead and, and Eleanor Roosevelt. But what they did was in those times was they painted and they sang and they played instruments and they did science experiments. They, they did their passions. They developed their passions. And by the end of high school and beyond, they started to find people who also shared their interests and their love. And they started to build their tribes. Uh, one of our camp campers, who was also one of our camp counselors in late high school, she had kind of been through a partying stage early in high school. She went away to, a, to college, and the first few months, she, she realized that a lot of people were, were in, in her mind, immature. They spent a lot of time getting wasted, you know, getting drunk, barfing, all that kind of stuff. And she was like, eh, been there, done that. She, she wants something different. So she found on campus a rock climbing club. They met a lot on the weekends and they would go off to state parks and they would do all kinds of climbing kinds of things. And not just belaying down cliffs, which is awesome in and of itself. They also did some hardcore rock climbing where they were like doing the things where you kind of hammer the stuff in and then you, you really rely on the person above you and below you. She said, I got so much positive stuff, not just from the group, but I learned about teamwork, relying on other people, relying on myself. And she found a tribe. So if you engage in your passions and you start doing things um, that you love to do, then you'll probably be around people who you'll be able to connect with even better. It's also important along these lines to, to start learning how to keep your power by defining and expressing your authentic self. I mentioned that earlier. To let your light shine. I had a, a girl who I saw a couple years ago I'll call her Mia. And she left high school with no best friend. And she was really tired of fake people and fake friendships. She had a group, but it was kind of like, eh, just kind of superficial-ish. She wanted something better, something deeper. So she decided that when she started college, she went away and she said, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to walk onto campus and as my true self. I'm going to try new things, hang out with different kinds of people. What she said was really scary at first. But by the end of the first semester and into the second semester, she had a tight circle of like-minded friends because she was willing to take the risk to do that. That's a great way for your daughters to not just keep their power, but also to, to take care of themselves. Another really important concept I want girls to think about as far as keeping their power is to define power and strength and leadership on their terms. Whether or not your daughter becomes the leader of the free world is probably less important than each and every one of them acquiring the skills to carve out the life that they deserve and they desire. They need to learn to make decisions based upon their own moral compass, to set their own bar, to trust their intuition. They need to learn how to quiet themselves, be alone, go inward, connect with and trust their intuition and their urges, and then use that to guide their choices, not what everybody else is doing. You can always use everyday examples that you see in real life, on TV shows, in movies, in books. Use everyday examples like that to demonstrate the ways that you see girls keeping their power and giving it away. 
bring it up, have discussions with the daughter about what she notices about that character. Girls need practice advocating for themselves. They need practice and permission to set boundaries. They need to learn how to have, uh, to be assertive and to understand the difference between being assertive and aggressive in their relationships because they don't know that. If they become more interdirected, they'll have a much higher sense of their own personal awareness. They will have more access to their intuition and their urges, and they'll possess the courage to get out of their comfort zones and to go for it. To stand up for other people and to stand up for themselves. I just recently read a story about the former premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev. And one time after he had just taken power uh, from Stalin, he was on stage speaking to the Politburo and he was denouncing the crimes of the Stalin regime. Talking about how it was, it was wrong and it was bad. And he, w- he went on and on. And anonymously, someone in the group passed a note to the front of the room. And the note said, yes, I think what you're saying is true, but where were you at that time? Without losing a beat, Khrushchev, with a very intimidating tone, showered out and he asked, who wrote this note? I want to know who wrote the note. There was silence and nobody stepped forward. And Khrushchev said, I was where you are now meaning in the audience, anonymous, intimidated, doing nothing, just like everybody else. I don't want your your daughters to be like that. I want your daughters to be able to step up and take care of themselves and to advocate and to keep their power. It's so important that they become aware of the ways they're giving it away and also ways that they can keep it. So it's a really important way that you can support them in taking care of themselves. Let me end this podcast with one of my favorite stories. It's about a little girl who had black skin, who one day was at a fairground. And she walked up and she was just looking around and noticing all the rides and things. And she saw a man with a kiosk and he was selling helium filled balloons. And this guy was a pretty good salesperson because every once in a while he would cut the string of a balloon and it would soar up into the air. and Everybody would see the balloon and look, look at it and go, oh, look at the balloon. Then they would come over and buy one of his balloons. Well, she was watching this go on for about 10 or 15 minutes. And she kind of inched closer and closer to the kiosk until when she got there, there was just one balloon left. And it was a black balloon. And the man said to her, can I help you? And she said, well, yes, sir. She said, well, that black balloon go as high as the other ones. And the man looked down at her with an understanding smile. He said, it's not the color what's important. What's important is what's inside. That's true for your daughters as well. Help them keep their power. Help them learn to let go of those ways where they're giving their power away. And you're going to have a different daughter living in your home. And you'll have a different daughter when you launch her off into the world when she's 18 or beyond. This is an important concept. This is an important part of your parenting job. Um, listen to this with your daughters. Have discussions. I hope, it, hope this stimulates some conversations. Um, thanks so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for sharing these podcasts. Check me out at my website at, at www.drtimjordan.com. Um, by the way, I have a podcast. I'm sorry. I have, I have an online course. That I did about a year ago. It's called Parenting Girls. It's about girls' emotional life and their friendship lives. 
So if you want more information like we talked about today, it has to do with understanding what your girls are going through and ways to support them. Check that out on our website. It's about it's called Parenting Girls. Um, I think it would be really helpful. I will see you back here in a week. Thanks so much for stopping by. See you then. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.